This is Rochelle and Carter with the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. Hello! Where I start out by almost yelling the word hey, and right away revealing why we call it the Anything But Quiet Time That podcast. You know what? That's a good idea. We should emphasize that conjunction because that's what it is. Yes. It's the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. Honestly, when, when it came to naming the podcast, we cannot emphasize how little thought we put into the naming of it. That's actually not true because we did come up with another name that was taken. It was already taken. And then we and then we did like, wait, how? Hey, we're, we do we're super loud. We could just yeah. talk about how we're not quiet. <laughs> hey, this is through Hope On Demand and we'd love you to, for you to check out all the resources at hopeondemand.com, articles and maybe, you know, just get back to the routine, get back to a, a regular quiet time, uh, school stuff, grief, anything that you need, you can click the keyword at hopeondemand.com. Maybe you've been in one of those situations where you are at a restaurant and your server is kind of being a jerk. So, gosh, I couldn't even tell you. I couldn't even tell you when that's happened last. You, But it has happened where um, at least they kind of brush you off. They seem rude. They seem distant. Maybe distant. Sometimes that's a good thing because that means <laughs> I've had waiters yeah. or waitresses that, that will sit down next to you <laughs> in the booth. <laughs> and I, sometimes that was okay. Like when, maybe when I was real young, but then now if I'm wanting to have, you know, it's my husband's my only date in sure, five years. Sure, yeah. Please go away. I know. That's but, I, but at the same time, my heart goes out to those folks because they're just trying to be personable and that's lovely. And, well, and you don't know what they've gone through. Right. And, and I know, um, I know the summer that I, I was a, a waiter. I learned a lot about what goes on behind the scenes and how quick you need to come out. And if you forget somebody's specification, mm. you know, you're dealing with five tables at one time it can be stressful. and somebody says, I need a lemon with this. And you, you're remembering five tables yeah. and that's multiple people at each table. And then you come back without a lemon and they go, how dare you? I would not have succeeded as a waitress. I've never done it, so I can never judge, but I would need cliff notes for every table. I know, right? Seriously. And those people Ugh. that do it with memory is insane. Yeah. Uh, but I I have a respect for what goes on behind the scenes, and I also know how rude customers can be. And I, I remember they, they told me uh, when I got there to this restaurant I worked at, they said, ugh, Sunday church crowd's the worst. Really? And I was pretty, I grew up in a, you know, a Baptist church and I grew up in the Bible belts. And so I, I hear this, I go, nah, and then I, and then I worked on a Sunday. It. Oh man. And it wasn't like over the top. It was just like, they didn't tip. They, they literally, you would get the worst tips and they were rude and brushed you off and, you know, and Aww. so I know yeah. it can happen, but I've never seen it quite happen when I was at the restaurant eating Next to somebody. Okay. And we're there at a nicer place the other day. You saw somebody get brushed off. Even worse, not tipped. Oh. Table next to us. I think they were from Europe. Okay. It's not a custom over there to tip. And the server brings back the uh, receipt. And it's a couple families. And it looks like, especially a place like this, it'd be probably $100. I mean, I oh, think. Okay. I would think so. And uh, Actually, that sounds like a, how big were these families? I'm going to go to this restaurant. Well, that's sometimes true. with a family of four, you get out of there at a hundred. That's bucks, a good point. It, it may have been more. And so he goes, what's this? And he apparently had pointed to the, the tip line mm. and she goes, oh, well, that's the tip. That's where you, yeah. what you're giving me. And he goes, no. Oh, and, and she goes, well, again, it's, it's customary here to, to, to tip because you're paying for your food, but then you, you know, you, 
the service and yeah. I don't think she went into how much servers get paid and they get paid less than the minimum wage because of that or anything, but she was trying to explain that in principle. Mm-hmm. And he goes, one dollar. One dollar. And he writes it down and they mm-hmm. storm out. And of course, what we hear mainly is her frustrated and tears welling and, and talking Aww. to another server. And and it was just one of those things I thought, if I was the next family that sat at her table yeah. and had no idea about this, I might've said, and, and I have said stuff like this, what's her problem? You know, mm-hmm. why is she being rude or quick or where is she, where's she been? It's been 15 minutes, you know? And, and I was, I, I know had, you, you would never be that rude. Well, you think, no, no, no. But you think Inside about it. Inside your head, maybe. And, no. and, and now I'm here with a bird's eye view of having an understanding sure. going, oh yeah, I don't know what everybody has gone through. Yeah. And it was a good lesson. I know we've talked a lot about forgiveness lately on this podcast and compassion and also how different dealing with difficult situations. And so, it was, it was, I mean, really good reminder for me of like, I don't know everything. Well, and I said earlier, I've never wait, I've never waited tables before, so I can't judge. I think that's the, <laughs> the key thing that I just said. I shouldn't judge at all. Mm. In regards to like condemning people, right? That that is God's job alone. Sure, sure, yeah. But I think that's one of the major reasons why Jesus was offering this this command. Judge not lest you be judged, but unless you want to be judged by the same measure you're dishing it out. Mm -hmm. Because he knows everybody's backstory and I don't. True. So he offers grace through the cross and by his spirit because I've said yes to him and I follow after him. I can offer grace to others. And it's not necessarily the first on the menu. <gasps> Do you like what I did there? That's very nice. Thank you. I don't necessarily offer grace right off the top of the bat. So, yeah, I'll maybe mouth off a little bit to my honey. Did you see what they did? Yeah. Can yeah. you believe that? And then I have to, God usually lovingly reminds me of how I have failed in some way. And, you know, in listening to this story, I had one of those days the other day mm-hmm. where please don't ever ask the Lord the question, what next? <laughs> Just don't do that, right? You've heard that said maybe too, but I, I was coming back home from the airport, the flight, not the best flight. And before I got on the plane, I was there in the airport for hours, walking around, trying to just trying to make time pass. And anyway, so I'm on a flight that should have been 37 minutes it turned over two hours. There was a very, very loud child who was old enough to know better, but parents were not correcting. Yeah. It was just one of those flights. Then for whatever reason, it took us forever to finally land the plane. We kept circling and then get off the plane. It seemed to take longer than usual. So I get to my vehicle and it was, it was just one thing after another. I didn't have a ticket to get out of the parking garage because I had been told by the attendant before leaving, you don't need one. Oh, man. Come to find out, no, you do. So please get out of this line and go to that line over there, which is already several cars deep kind of thing. Yeah. And then when I finally finish paying, as I'm driving out of the parking garage, very flustered, and I have let some of my colors show to the employees, not because it's their fault. I even said, look, this was somebody else telling me I didn't need my ticket, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I am frustrated. I drive away out of this parking garage and I hear this crack. And I thought, please, God, did I hit something? Please tell me I didn't hit something. No, my 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 driver's side window breaks. Yeah, of course. I didn't hit it. It just, for whatever reason, when I pressed the button to make it roll up, for some reason, my van 
has this thing every once in a while. I get off the track. Oh. And it breaks. It starts sliding down. I have to take it in to, to get fixed. And it's just one thing, one thing right after another. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. And it kept up the way the rest of the night. But I will never forget the lady who came to try to help me in the parking garage. I was not the typical Rochelle that you would normally get. The typical me, I really do try to put up a good front. Why? I have theatrical experience. So if even if I'm having a bad day, I'm able to fake it till I make it if you get it. Sure. I, I've honestly walked away going, that was very pleasant. I think we were all very pleasant, even though that person was a little bit. And then, and then you've said, I hated that. <laughs> like, I would have never known. Yeah, you're very nice. You try well, and and you're supposed to be kind. Sure. And you have to work through the emotions of it. But I sometimes I let my oh, true color mm. shining through, and that's not necessarily the right way either. Um, and so if I'm doing my homework properly, when I meet a disruption in my life. I am constantly taking to this to Jesus and tapping into the things that he has made available through his spirit. Patience being one of them. Joy, which is a choice much of the time and mm. not natural, right? Yeah. These are fruits of his spirit, something I can tap. Kindness, a gentle answer that can turn away wrath. These are the things that are at my disposal. So if I'm handling it right. <laughs> well, it's a little bit, a lot of it, like when Jesus says to love your enemies, in, in terms of anybody can be kind to somebody who's kind to them. Yeah. But I call you to love your enemies. Anybody can be nice when everything's going their way. Oh, yeah. Anybody can be nice when they're having a great day. But what comes out when circumstances like this? Yeah. And I want to stick up for Rochelle. I'm sure if me and you sat here and watched the whole thing, we'd be like, yeah, she was super nice. <laughs> we, you know, but... But it's still the oh, principle no. is still true yeah. of when it when it all goes down, how do I react? And I and I think personally, I react okay when it's hard, sad, but when it's little things that happen all at once mm -hmm. and it's coincidences and it's man, I get frustrated. You gotta take a beat. And at least you recognize that in yourself. And I think that's much of the battle. So when you know that something triggers you when it triggers you, why it triggers you, being on the lookout for those things and being prayerful about it. Lord, I want to turn over a new leaf just because I've been triggered by this thing in the past. This is not something that I want to to keep getting at me mm -hmm. year after year. Yeah, yeah. And I think we can do better every single day. Why do I think we can't? Because we have God's stuff available. I mean, like... <laughs> Mm -hmm. It'd be literally like going out to your garage. You have the Lamborghini available to you every day. And for whatever reason, you're taking the moped. Sure. I have God available. All of my arson is available to you, Rochelle. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it's we're human beings. Every once in a while, we drive the moped. I want to make sure I'm driving the Lamborghini. Well, and I, somebody said something the other day that was so great that you just don't think about it often. If you're struggling with a temptation or a sin or a reaction, um, we're remember or find out for the first time, God is not sitting here hoping that you mess up mm -hmm. so that he can punish you. Or God is not sitting here uh, with his arms crossed hoping that you don't mess up. But if you do, well, I'll show them. Mm -mm. God is rooting for you mm -hmm. for that temptation to not affect you anymore. Yeah. 
And that, and he said it that way, that God is rooting for you to be done with the sin that troubles you. Mm-hmm. And that he, he, he is so on your side and hoping because he wants, honestly, he's the side. He wants us to be on his side. And, and that was mm-hmm. so good that just that constant reminder. Yeah. God's not your grandpa, you know, winking at you about sin going, I did the same thing when I was your age. It's not that, <laughs> but he's certainly not that stiff grandpa that's sitting there with his arms crossed. You ever going to do better? Like, yeah. it's not that. And that's where I think a lot of people go when we struggle internally with sins and with reaction. I feel like we, especially if you read through the Old Testament, there are definitely jolting passages in there that make you go, wow, God is harsh. So maybe that leads you to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a place of looking at him like a, the arms crossed kind of God. But Jesus came and he shares, even though he is very on point with how God wants us to stay in line with with his law and his rules yeah. and his way. Yeah. I mean, there's he doesn't make bones about it, mixed words at all. He's straightforward, but you also get this incredible, you get this glimpse into what our heavenly father is really like. There's this huge emphasis placed on the word father, which Jesus really brings that to light over and over again. When he addresses God, he's addressing him as our father. And he's not some guy up on the mountain with a magnifying glass and burning us like ants on purpose, right? right? And so we have this beautiful perspective of what Jesus is so grateful that he came to kind of clear things up, but there were some folks along the way, you know, we've even talked about King David before on the podcast. There were some folks along the way, like Abraham and Moses who had relationship with God. They got close enough to know that God is a loving God and he looks after his kids. He cares about them. But a lot of the people, the culture back in the day, it was ruthless. Mm-hmm. And so their perspective, I think is gonna, like you from whatever background you're from, it's going to color the way you view things a little bit. Sure. And the same goes for the the civilizations in old biblical, Old Testament times. They are looking from the perspective of the way their culture was living and breathing. And so it can come across as harsh, but I mean, if we, if we keep that in perspective, the context of the situation, Jesus, Jesus brings new life and light to the matter and kind of goes, wait a second you're saying a lot of things that kind of went along with the culture and not what God was saying at all. Yeah. 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 That That's where um, a friend and I just had that conversation yesterday that we should, the first commandment is to love God with all your soul, heart, mind, and strength. And the second is like it, but it's to love your neighbor as yourself. So you love your neighbor as yourself, but you love God more. Mm-hmm. And I've heard, you know, people even say, you know, yeah, we say love God, love others. And that's true. But I've heard people even say, love God and more importantly, love others. Mm. Like, no, your love for God has to fuel my love for others. Yes, yes. And this is where I think it's key because if my love for others is equal to God or more than God, then what they want and their lifestyles and choices, I, I, I approve and I go, yeah, absolutely. Instead of, no, my love for God makes me know what's right and what's mm-hmm. wrong mm-hmm. and when to speak and when to not. Mm-hmm. And and then I love others with that ammo, if you will. Yeah. I love others with the, the rightness of love and mercy and justice. Well, and to that point, I, I was thinking about this the other day. What if you do a terrible job at loving yourself? That's true too. So if you're supposed to love yeah. others as you love yourself and you stink, 
at loving yourself I, well. I think we should be okay on ourselves. Yeah, we shouldn't put ourselves down. I think, I think how do we love ourselves? Well, again, we have to look to our first love, which is God, mm-hmm. which is what you're saying. It fuels, it fuels us, it, it teaches us how to love. Yeah, yeah. So to love myself like well in order to teach me how this is how I'm supposed to also love others well. Um, it's it's so important. Well, it's so hard because what you get on the internet when you get on social media are two extremes. Yeah. Love yourself. Treat yourself. You are divine. You'll hear that literally. Oh my word. Yeah. You know, and, and then, and then, you know, when it comes to loving others, how we love others is how we uh, tell them whatever they are doing with their lives are totally right. I'm your cheerleader, cheerleader, no matter what. Mm-hmm. But then you have the other side of it that just seems like hate mongers even though they're Christians, because all they do is judge. Mm. And man, it's just like, it's, for me, it seems so easy to see that both are in their entirety are wrong. And I don't know why we can't grasp that it's not one or the other. That there is, I should care about myself. I should get rest. I should see my identity as somebody that is loved because Jesus died for me. Mm -hmm. I should also see that my choices sometimes stink and I started as an enemy of God. I'm a child of God by adoption. And I am loved, but I'm also dealing with flesh. And I also, and most of the thoughts that go through my mind are not holy and they're wrong. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I just don't know why we can't grasp that as a society. I will also just was reading over in Matthew when, when Jesus was tempted by the enemy. Let's talk about what you just said. Mm-hmm. I, a lot of the thoughts in my mind that I might think about. And for me, when you said that, I, I'm thinking about like a glimpse of a thought, mm-hmm. a flash of a thought, and then you lay it to rest and oh, move you, on. Yeah, I, and I would I would categorize that as maybe a temptation. That's exactly what I would categorize that as. Yeah. And and here's the, the thing. Jesus went through that stuff too. Did you hear what I said? Yeah. Jesus went through that stuff too. Yeah. I think I condemn myself for some of the, the thoughts that might cross my mind. Sure. When Jesus yeah. addresses people, when you think about it and when he's talking about thinking about something so much so that it's the same as doing the thing, that's, it's obsessive. Like you are thinking about that thing and you're carrying out the action in your mind. You right. are mulling it over as opposed to something that you are just, oh my word, that thought came into your head. Yeah. You immediately dismiss it. You're like, no, there's that's not the right thing to do. How have I heard it said? Sin is born when temptation and my will come together. Mm-hmm. When I have chosen to embrace, and 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 that's still a that's little good. bit of a blurry line. Yeah, but you you know when you you know is a fleeting thought, you know is a sexual thought, or or does it turn into a fantasy? Yeah, exactly. And, and then it's like no, okay, that's sin. Then I am in sin. So it says in scripture that Jesus was tempted in every way. Yeah. And we don't necessarily go down that path a lot because we know that he was without sin. But think about the ways that you've been tempted. Mm-hmm. You do not act them out. You do not choose to dwell on them. And the, like like how you just described it, where the temp- where they meet at the crossroads, the temptation becomes yeah. something that you just, I'm going to grow this a little bit. That's when you are dipping the toe into sin. Right, right. And Jesus never went there. Yeah. So if we can kind of put that, that may sound unholy, what I just said to a lot of people. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Jesus would have never had those thoughts. Jesus would have never think thought those things. It says in scripture, he was tempted. 
but was without sin. And mm-hmm. so he's encouraging us to do the right thing with the tempting, the temptation, the fleeting thought, the whatever. Yeah. And then deal with it appropriately, aligned with God. He is going to help us know what to do with that. Unless I keep pushing it to the the back further and further, and then it can lead us to a sinning place where sure. I think we have to be bold and address our temptations more. Sometimes you just try to push it to the back of your mind. No, I'm not going to think about that right now. Lord, I just had this thought. It's mm-hmm. not okay with you that I had this, this, this thought. I'm not going to carry it out or anything, but God, I just want to sure. submit this to you right now. Deal with it. I need to deal with it and do a better job of dealing with stuff. Yeah. And, and the good relief is that, well, in, in a way, because it's so frustrating that it's there, but the relief that it's not, um, it's not not normal mm-hmm. that a, a believer in Jesus is struggling with this and will tell death in terms of the, the fleeting yeah. thoughts, right? Yeah. And, and that temptation will be there and struggles will be there and we'll mess up occasionally or we'll mess up every day in some way. Um, but you know, if it wasn't true, then Paul wouldn't be writing some of those churches. And I forget where it says specifically, but he's writing to believers and says, if anyone sins, there is forgiveness. So there's no, Absolutely. there's no sort of um, idea that Christians don't sin or that Christians don't struggle with sin. Because mm-hmm. Paul is addressing churches in yeah. the New Testament that are struggling with sin, but there is grace for those that do. So if you feel, as I, I, I think, I think nobody thinks it as a whole that Christians should be sinless. Most people don't. But I, I think what can happen is if you go to a church or you have a certain group of friends, or especially if you're new somewhere and you feel like, well, they have it all together and I must be either not a Christian or a wrong type of Christian or somebody that's less than because I just feel like I struggle so much more than what these people in my church do or these people that I know do. Mm-hmm. And I, I, what I've seen at certain churches I've go to is a lack of vulnerability yeah, and a, a lack of openness that they're struggling because they want to also do the same thing. They don't want to be the ones that feel like well, I'm the struggling Christian. They're afraid of it. Yeah. I mean, that's a, the base of it. We're afraid of what other people are going to think. Yeah. And I get that. I do. Um, I, I've tried to just be more, <laughs> I just try to be more forthcoming. Uh, on certain subjects, I know others, you have to be more guarded because people people will sometimes take advantage of that if you're open about what's happened. Mm. So you have to choose the setting that you're in mm-hmm. to share. But if you feel like the Holy Spirit is leading you to share openly about a subject that could be a blessing to somebody else, go for it. Yeah, You know, you have to be careful with some of the heavier stuff. But um, yeah, if if Paul, if if... Let me just say that scripture points to the fact that we're going to be dealing with this, like you said, because Paul addresses it. And he talks in encouraging talk. And is it 2 Corinthians? 2 Corinthians, I had to look it up, where he's talking about taking every thought captive. Mm, yeah. So if there was never a need to take a thought captive, he would have never addressed it. Yeah. So you're not alone. These are things that we all struggle with. Um, we are blessed with imaginations. And because of the, the fall of mankind, because sin was a path that was chosen. Um, yeah, this is something we struggle with and yeah. will till the day we die. But Jesus, that's one of the many reasons why he, he came in the first place to be a part and, and put on human flesh with us so that he could say, I can empathize with you in every way. That's what it says in Hebrews. We are serving a high priest that can empathize with what we've gone through. Yeah. So he knows, and he was without sin. 
So if I am determined, Lord, I want to make sure that my thoughts are held captive and I will mess up from time to time. I'm dwelling a little bit too heavy on this. Um, you know what? I really believe God blesses the effort. He blesses that spiritual effort you put in, that work that you're doing. You're like, I don't like mm -hmm. this. I don't want this. Yeah. I also think he blesses blesses the effort in the midst of honesty. If you're dealing with something and you're telling the Lord, I like if you want to, let's just go there. If you want to take somebody out because mm -hmm. they have dishonored you in some way and you have had thoughts about taking them out, Lord, I want to be honest with you right now. This is something that is plaguing my mind. Yeah. And just being honest with him, he's right there with you. I, I have told uh, the students that I've, I've worked with before, uh, I may have shared it here before, but you know, obviously one of the main subjects when you're together with a, a really group of guys in general, but high school guys, you know, lust, pornography, anything like that. And so we were talking about that and I, I told him, I think there's a main difference in it's it, with football starting, for example, it, it's like, it's like a football game. Are you going to actually show up and play the game? You might lose, but there is such honor in fighting that temptation constantly mm -hmm. and to make sure to play the game instead of like many, I believe many don't feel that that's that any sin, certain sins that they struggle with are wrong. Mm -hmm. And I think pornography is one of those that, because it can be so difficult to tame. So people say, well, this is just what I do, or this is just who I am. And there is so, so much, we see a culture that if you, a culture that says there are no struggles, that if you have a habit or a mindset, then that's just who you are. Mm. That's what the culture says. And, and we don't, we don't have respect for discipline and fighting something that will harm us in the long run mm -hmm. because the world just says, no, and if it, if it's hard, then it must be right. And, and so I, I, I've told them that, that it is such a, and again, I just, what you talked about mm -hmm. just got me thinking about that. I, I think Jesus honors that. And I, I, and I can't put my finger on how many times, or, you know, do you have an addiction if it's this many times or anything like that? I'm just saying, I think there's a difference in fighting as much as you can or giving into it completely and going, well, I'm not even going to try to not do it anymore. I love this quote from Tom Landry. You were just sharing about football. We read this the other day. A champion is simply someone who did not give up when they wanted to. Mm. Yeah. I want to revere, I want to revere the, the thought of being a champion for Jesus. And the, yeah, what is dished out right now is if, if it's easy, it must be what I'm supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And I, I think a lot of people struggle with what is right and wrong because maybe they grew up in a household where everything was blurred. Sure. And they, sure. well, no, that's natural. I, I will never forget. We have very good friends. Um, they went to church. They were of the, the positioning. I don't know even, even how to call it this. They believed that they should get a, a subscription to Playboy for their child to make sure that he, quote, would not be gay. Wow. I remember wow. that, and, and I thought, what is this? That is the craziest thing. 
I've ever heard. Oh my goodness. And we've heard it over and over again. Some, uh, even Christian artists have been forthcoming. I, I remember Clay Cross, I heard him in an interview years and years ago. Um, with Clay Cross, uh, he was this huge Christian music star. He was on the rise and then he just kind of fell off the face of the planet, it seems. Well, now he leads worship at a church, but has been very forthcoming about what happened with with pornography and addiction to that. And he had been uh, introduced to porn as a child. Yeah. Like when he first saw it, I think, I think he said there were magazines out on one of his friend's tables. Like on the one side, there was the home goods magazines for mom. And on the other side, there was porn for dad. And he was like, oh. Wow. Yeah. You know, it, it's just interesting. So every family, every culture growing up, it's different. It's maybe you're questioning, well, what is right? And I'm, I'm glad to say that I think there's a lot more churches out there that are opening their doors and talking about, sure. this is what's right. Sure. But yeah. anything that takes you to a place where you are looking at people as anything other than God's kids mm -hmm. and you're not looking at them in a way of protecting, all you can think about is what you want to do. I think that's kind of a good clue for people. And I'm speaking as a woman who doesn't have that kind of a struggle um, but I, I've heard from people that, that that's helpful. Like, I want to look at this woman or this person that I might be given to, to lust after, mm -hmm. and I want to look at them in a protective type of way. Why, this is God's daughter. Yeah. And obviously that can be a struggle because you're also, men are designed, and I have two boys, right? I, men are designed to notice what God has made is beautiful. So Lord, help us to find the balance of that. And I do not think that pornography is going to aid anybody in that. Yeah. And, and on the kids side of that, you know, that's just startling to actively introduce uh, a child to that because of, you know, you know, I, I uh, shared about even VH1 and MTV um, recently on here of, of, uh, and I mean, there's sexual stuff there certainly, but, but, um, but even just the, the mindset at a young age of you're not cool unless you look like this mm -hmm. and if you have this physical attribute, that's not good enough, or if you're not this height, or if you don't make this much money or, and the, the, I think that messes up teenagers yeah. enough. And then you're going to throw something in there that's so adult natured and, and think that they can handle that psychologically. That is, that is insane twisted. to later in life. God, God help that child of, of your friend's child. I mean, yeah. my, my gosh. Um, we, yeah. Hey, let's let's end this on a good note. I know okay. we, have, I know we, have, <laughs> we kind of went in a different direction. I know we have more. Let's let's get to that next week. Okay. And um, but I I'll I'll recap just with the uh, the service story. I didn't want to talk about it on a radio show because I don't think you'd want me to share it. But uh, just just for embarrassment's sake, um, uh, for humility's sake, honestly. But I thought one thing that was really really cool because I didn't actually hear what happened about the server that didn't get tipped, but my wife heard it. And then I, then I started kind of looking, I saw the people and, you know, I'm, oh, the European and they don't understand. And then she's upset. And my dad sits there and he pulls out his wallet and he goes over to that woman and he said, I've worked in customer service all my life. I know how it goes. And he hands her a tip. Oh, I love it. And I just thought, I just wanted to share that. I no, thought that was really good. A really cool. He wouldn't want me, you know, blaring no. that everywhere necessarily, but I, I just love that. That's a really cool opportunity of, uh, when you know yeah. what somebody's going through. 
that you can be there for him. That's too. a God thing because that turned her day completely upside down. And it may not have absolved that person in her eyes, the one that left. Sure, sure. Yeah. But it made her question what would prompt this gentleman who saw me struggling yeah. to give. Yeah, true. And that stirs up. You never know where God is going to take that in a person's heart. Yeah. And so I, I love that we can be the hands and feet of Jesus, even when we're stuffing our faces at wherever this place was. That's some great sourdough bread, too. It's amazing. You, if you're in San Francisco, you uh, hit me up for a recommendation. I'll give it to you. Uh, so the Anything But Quiet Time podcast is weekly. We thank you so much for being uh, a part of it this week and more at HopeOnDemand.com. 